that you're such a good God, that you love us, that you care for us, that you meet our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we can gather together in the precious name of Jesus, that he's right here in the midst of us to minister, to meet every need, whatever it might be. So, Father, we want you to have your way in this place. And so, Lord, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In the wonderful name of Jesus, have your will done in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated. My, 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 it's so good to be home. Don't you, wor- don't you appreciate our worship team? Hallelujah. Let's, let's just thank him for all the effort they give. You know, in Acts, the first chapter, in the eighth verse, just before Jesus' ascension, he's speaking to the disciples, and he said to them, he said, remain in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high, so that we might receive power from on high, the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit was given to us for a, for a reason, for a purpose. And he goes on to tell us that in, in the eighth verse, when he, because he said, stay in Jerusalem till you receive power. And he says, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And, uh, you know, the, the mission trip, one of the things that going on a mission trip does for you, it reminds you of the purpose of the church. Um, the purpose of the church isn't to have a political agenda. The purpose of the church, although it's part of it, is to feed the poor and so forth. The purpose of the church is missions. And so you could say it this way. I heard somebody say this one time. It's not original on my part. But he said the mission of the church is missions. You know, whether it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or the uttermost parts of the world, the mission of the church is missions. And so whether it's Jefferson, Greene County, Iowa, United States, the world, the mission of the church is to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, that's what's so good about going on a mission trip is that we're reminded of that. And so um, Sarah's put together a a video for us. Do we have our video person? Sean. You know, I, I don't understand this. I'm 67 years old. I'm almost 68 years old. I can drive to Des Moines without going to the bathroom. We're 35 minutes into a service. Why do people already have to go to the bathroom? I just don't understand that. There's a solution. The reason, the way I'm able to get to Des Moines without going to the bathroom, catch this, I go before we go. How do you make it through a worship service? Everything come out okay, Sean? Okay. The, the reason a person is able to make it through a worship service without going to the bathroom is 
before it starts. Now, I, I know this is really deep, you know, and, and for those that are visiting, this isn't the, my normal message, but, but it really works. You know, just, just go before the service. Well, pastor, I'm in a hurry. Leave home earlier. So, like, like I said, I mean, sometimes we have a, this will really scare everybody that's visiting. Sometimes we have a two-hour service. I don't go through the bathroom to the whole thing. And I drink coffee before the service. So, anyway. All right, let's get back on task. So here's a video that Sarah put together um, of our uh, trip there.
gesta En color transformó la oscuridad Nuevo sol encontré mi identidad Como el sol brillando en majestad En color transformó la oscuridad Nuevo sol encontré mi identidad Vida tú me das Vida tú me das Tu amor me lleva mucho más allá De lo que yo puedo imaginar A tu libertad yo puedo entrar Eres todo lo que quiero ordenar Bueno... That was our trip in a nutshell. What, was, what I liked about the video was that you put it in chronological order so you kind of got an idea as to what we did through the whole week. And so what we're going to do here this morning is we're going to allow um, everybody that uh, was on the trip to uh, share a little bit if they want to. Um, but we, we have some uh, uh, rules and regulations. Everybody has three minutes. <coughs> I have Sean assigned to time you, and so he'll give you the 30-second warning. And, uh, and so when your three minutes are over, uh, I will take the microphone away from you whether you're done or not. And there's a reason for that is because individuals might just go on and on, and you're, you're taken from somebody else, and that's not right. And the other part of it is... Uh, we would be here for four hours and 45 minutes, and we're not going to do that. So, uh, but remember, immediately following the service, uh, we're going to have a pot bless out at the Redemption Center. And so hopefully everybody uh, stays for that, and there will be a time there where you'll be able to talk with the people that were on the trip. And, uh, and so there we go. So anyway. What, what we're going to do is I'll have uh, somebody come up and share with me. We'll have two come up. And so then uh, after the one's shared, the other one can start right away and somebody else can come up. We won't give you any particular order, um, so you can come up as you choose to. So who wants to share first? Who wants to share first? Mike, you can come up and stand next to us and... Is it starting now, Sean? Okay. Um, I thought I'd go first, so if I was crying later, I wouldn't have to be up here crying. So, anyways, it was a it was a great trip. Um, something that Shelley and I had wanted um, for many years for our whole family to go on a mission trip together. Um, Honduras was always kind of special to me because um, I'd been there in the military, and then Bruce and I had gone on a couple trips. See, I'm crying anyway. Talk on it. So, anyways. Um, the trip was great. Uh, I guess what was really nice about it is to see our, our body here, but also I feel like we have a whole new body in Honduras as well, like we're one big family. I feel like if I went back in a year, we would just kind of start off where we left off. Um, and then uh, it was great to do all the, the things we did too. But uh, I guess what I took out of it most was um, 
just even though we have a body here, we have a, a body in Honduras too, and we have the same heart. Um, you know, we have the same gifts and talents, um, even though we're miles apart. Um, you know, we're just one family, so thank you. Tell us about the motorcycle ride. So there was a, we had a, we had these uh, police escorts the whole time, and one day I was talking to the, uh, one of the interpreters, I said, hey, suppose you'd let me take his motorcycle for a spin? And he said, I don't know. And I said, no, don't ask him. I don't want to put him in a bad spot. And so I kind of walked away, and he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, he said you can take his motorcycle for a spin. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So I jumped on it, and I was getting ready to take off, and the police came running over, and I thought, I guess he changed his mind. But he reached across me, and he hit the buttons and showed me how all the sirens and lights worked. <laughs> so... So Emma jumped on the back of the motorcycle with me, and we shut the sirens off while we were driving around. But uh, when we were coming back down the, the street, we flipped the, the sirens on and um, made a scene coming in. When we were driving around the, the streets, the, a lot of the Hondurans were, I think, wondering what were those gringos doing on the motor, <laughs> police motorcycle with the lights flashing. So it was a good time. Well, I guess I got to have notes. Anyway... Uh, I felt God's provisions through all this. I guess I've never been on a mission trip before, but being that we've done them in the past, it was a good opportunity for Chris and I to go and our son Justin. And uh, I just felt like God had his, uh, everything, his hands on everything because what was there? We were going to go on Monday, and there was flight cancellations cause, because of a computer glitch. And if we had gone on that day, who knows what would have happened. So going on Wednesday really worked out. And uh, as far as the host church, the provisions couldn't have been better. I thought maybe I wouldn't be used to the food and I would lose some weight. Well, that never happened. I mean, <laughs> we eat as good as we do here, and it was delicious. And, and the, uh, the bed and breakfast, which is a missionary house, I mean, that was wonderful accommodations. And uh, I just know that one thing we went there to help the people but I felt like just the people that were on our mission trip I thought it was a good bonding and I felt closer to all the people after that trip and I think maybe everybody else feels the same and uh, so I think if anybody ever gets a chance to go if we ever do another one of these I would really recommend it and uh, I know there's more I could say and I'll probably think of things when I get done here but I could have said but I guess that's it for now thank you Mike So now that he stole a lot of mine, um, I will say that I, too, this was my first mission trip, and I never pictured myself on a mission trip. I just couldn't see myself there, but um, there's a place for everybody. So I encourage you to, if you get an opportunity, there was just such, and like he said, there was such provision, and I just felt welcomed, so welcomed the minute that we got in the airport. I, Sarah squeezed me so tight and I just felt welcomed from them from then on just completely welcomed in there and with their team especially with their team and every all the provision there but I was just so thankful for all the opportunities that they made for us to minister to so many different groups of people and um, uh, some in particular that we ministered to that um, um, there were some women in an orphanage and uh, we went to two orphanages and 
and I got to be a part of a couple little small little ministries where we actually um, served them little treats. Some of the women that were in charge of the orphanages, we served them little treats, and then we kind of one of them we gave some of your jewelry from the jewelry cell that we didn't sell. And they were just so blessed by that, and it was just so blessed to see them, and just to tell them how much, how good, the, and how thankful we were for what they did at the orphanages was just such a blessing. And um, I don't know, just the kids were so fun to minister to um, and to try to talk to, since they couldn't speak English and you couldn't speak, I can't speak that good of Spanish, and so trying to speak to them was kind of fun, and you could tell that they were kind of amused by me trying to speak Spanish to them sometime. And one day I didn't have lunch, I wasn't feeling the best, so I didn't have lunch. So I just plopped down in the middle of some kids up on the mountain at El Vulcan Village. And um, we just sat there and I was asking them how old they were and I was trying to have a conversation with them and they just, they're just, they're just so smiley and friendly, but they were just so amused by me trying to speak <laughs> Spanish to them and I can just remember their cute little faces. And so it was just a blessing all around. I was just so blessed to be an such a good opportunity for me to be a part of this. We're thankful. <clears throat> yeah, I perfected my Spanish. I added gringo to agua. And chao. Huh? Chao. Well, I did say <laughs> chao one time, but that, that was intentional. That's scary then. Um, one thing that I really prayed about before we left for the trip was about planting the seed, and that was something that I talked about on Sunday at church when we kind of gave a testimony and making sure that at this trip was just not a trip and that um, what I went to do was not just going to leave the kids when we left too, that what we spoke was going to stay. And something that reassured me of that, because I didn't know what I was going to talk about when Donna asked me, will you speak at church on Sunday? Um, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me about the seed because I grew up a half a mile from Donna um, all through my life. And at, during middle school, Donna would come pick me up for Sunday school. Just me, not my brothers, nobody else. She just came and picked me up. And it's something that I'll never forget. And after I was saved my eighth grade year, I remember um, not being allowed to go to church anymore. I couldn't go with Donna anymore. So through the years and moving back to Jefferson after college, um, finding out who we were as a family and stuff and going to church, um, still wasn't being fed the word like I thought we were being fed. And along comes Judy Van Ozen, um, who called me for over a year to come attend a Bible study. Um, finally, one day I was like, okay, I'm coming, I'll go, I'll go. And it was two years later, still in Bible study for two years straight and getting the word. Um, I walked in Abundant Life Ministries one day and who was at the front door but Donna. It was very cool for me to know that that seed that was planted in me a long time ago um, being fed again, how it grew and where it brought me. So that reassured me on this trip that the plant, that everything that we planted in those kids will manifest. It will come, it will come to light. They will um, remember what we brought them. And with Sarah and Edward, the amazing job that they are doing there, just reassuring that we have connections there, that those kids will grow, that those parents that came that actually came on Saturday. We hosted a family um, event back at the school on Saturday on top of the mountain. And knowing that some of those families, it's not like our families where we invite everybody to come to a potluck. I mean, these are kids living with grandparents or you know, they walk a mile or walk an hour just to go to school. 
and carry empty buckets and then on the way home from school for an hour they have to stop at the stream and fill up with water and carry it i don't care sean and um <laughs> they just <laughs> and i just i just wanted to make sure what i really prayed about was being able to know that we actually did make a difference i didn't want it to just be a trip a week away from home. I did not want that. So I really felt blessed that God heard my prayers and answered my prayers in that way. And I can't wait. And hopefully a couple of years, we'll do another one. And I think our family will grow even more than 20 of us that went that will be able to go next time. Thank you. And uh, you can come up. Um, that's something that I actually did talk with uh, Sarah and Edward about is that, you know, in another two years, just starting now to plan for it. So I'm just putting the bug in you right now. Start thinking about it. Start planning for it. Start savings for it. And uh, we'll be gone. Where's your green shirt? It's at home in my closet. I had to go home and get mine. Um, it was a good time. It really was. <laughs> Some people don't read the email. Be me. Now, Sean, this don't count as my time, right? Oh, he never started it yet. Look at him. It was. It was a good time. Lives were changed. Um, I think more on our part as the change than so much as us with them. Just because the, the people down there were just tremendous. I mean, they had the desire to do nothing but serve us continuously. You know, and it was like almost like a battle for us to have to try to carry something before they tried to carry it. You know, I mean, it, 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 was, it was really a great time. And just as was said, I would encourage everybody to take an opportunity to do it. It is, it's a good time. Great people, great time, great food. It was great. It was good. It was good. And Bruce is back. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> well, I just, um, the, the thing that I want to share today is that I just love how missions gives you courage and desire to preach the gospel. And so when it's time to go, you know, it's like, I know that I can be as courageous and have the desire in the States. I know I can, it's the Holy Ghost. But you know, just there's a thing that happens in, in missions and that's why I encourage all of you to go. It gives you courage and desire. And I, when I got on the plane, I was so glad that I was between two Honduran women, one 80-year-old Honduran woman who didn't speak a bit of English and hadn't seen her son for 14 years was going to Charlotte, South, South Carolina. And the other one was visiting her dad and heading to Long Island. That was such a gift to get to be on the plane a little bit longer. And then when I got to the airport, I asked Pastor Dave, I said, I'm going to walk around for a while. And I was just thinking about the courage and the desire. And I went into a place to buy coffee. And this little gal waited on me, just quiet, didn't talk to me. And then this soldier came up. and. And I just looked at him, and he was in uniform, and I said, are you, where are you going? And he said that he was going to go to New York and then be deployed to Afghanistan. <clears throat> 
And I just said, do you believe in Jesus? And he said that he did. And I said, can I pray for you? And he said, please do. And so I um, prayed with him Psalm 91. And then the little waitress who didn't talk when she served my coffee, she said, to, we were both, the soldier and I were standing there, and she said, would you pray for me? And, I, and the soldier and I both went, yeah. And uh, the, he left, and she, I said, what do you want me to pray for? And she said, would you pray for everything? And it was just such a gift to get to do that at the airport in Atlanta. And, uh, and then the next morning, or the morning after we got home, I'm, I wake up to the sound of Dan putting in our new garage door and Franklin Graham on the TV talking about the floods in Louisiana and Samaritan's Purse. And I thought, let's just go to Louisiana. Can we just go to Louisiana and help the flood victims and keep this thing going? But it does keep going, and I just have, I believe it does keep going. And when I was there, I just want to testify about Isabella. Um, was my blessing. I, you know, there's so many, the Hondurans are such a glorious people, but I really was taken by Isabella at one place. At the high school, um, after we broke into small groups and we were praying with the kids, um, we um, led some kids to the Lord, prayed for a gal, for sickness in her family, and then we were looking to see if things were being rounded up and being finished across the the area and people were still doing some things and then Isabella said to me um, Cindy do you think we should pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for these kids and I I said well because myself as an adult I don't always know about doing that because I want the pastor maybe <laughs> in on where they are spiritually and things about that but you know, I, Isabella was just looking at me so pure, and I just thought, she, she has this in her to pray for these kids to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I thought, well, I guess I can't worry about where the pastor's going to go for that or not. And I said, okay, Isabella, let's go for it. And she said, well, you just stand by me just in case I need some advice, or I can't remember how you said it. But she just took that thing on. And what was really cool, too, is the kids weren't really responding totally that much at that time. We had interpreters. And Isabella, she had the sense of the Holy Spirit in her. And she said, Cindy, how about if we just have everybody close their eyes, and then we'll ask them if they would like to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if they want to, they can raise their hands, but their, their eyes are closed. And I said, let's do that, Isabella. That's a good idea. And we told the interpreter, and we offered the baptism in that fashion, and every kid raised their hands for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then Isabella and I went around and ministered that, and a couple kids got their tongues. And somebody said, how do you know they got their tongues? You don't speak the language. <laughs> but we knew it was tongues. <laughs> and the thing of it is, we found out later they were key kids in the school, the Suhei and the boy were leaders in their class. So God knows what he's doing. He works through Isabella, a child. Amen. You wouldn't have got that much time, but you were talking about my granddaughter. <laughs> they keep telling my story and reminding me of other things I should say. But I'll stick to what 
what I had planned. When Aaron and I got married, we almost immediately went to mission school. It was something that was in our hearts, something that was important to us. Um, I knew we were never called to live on the field, but I knew that we were called to go and that he was called to prosper so that we could send and so that we could go. And we did a lot of that when we first got married. And then um, when I had Emma, he went a lot. And when uh, last time I went, Emma was a year and a half, so about 14 15 years ago, I hadn't gone. We had kind of laid that down, built a business, raised a family, and I knew it was still in us, but it just, I knew that season was not there, so I didn't allow myself to feel anxious or condemned for not doing it. And when this trip came up, I just knew that all four of us had to go. And um, so there were plenty of dynamics that went into getting all four of us to go, but I knew that, that it mattered that all four of us were there at that time and I'm gonna be the one that cries. And, and so here we go, and we get on the field, and, uh, or we get out there, we get the airport, and we're, we're used to traveling, we're fine. And we get up on the mountain on the first day, and there's you know, all these children, and there are my two children preaching the gospel, doing, doing a mime, fully functioning in, in the call on their life at 11 and 15. That, that my life's work, my life's desire, the, the greatest desire that we ever had as a family was to go and be there, not just because I teach all the time and I run around and do my teaching, but this was the time for me to step back and shut my mouth and, and let my family open their mouth and preach the gospel. And I, and I was sobbing uncontrollably at one point, and I thought, Pastor Dave was behind me, please don't notice, please don't notice, please don't notice. But I couldn't, I lost full control of myself because Everything I ever wanted in my life was happening in that moment. And I thought, Jesus, if you just flopped down here right now and took us, like, I'm ready. This, this is all I ever wanted in my life. And so for us, for me, that was just the fulfillment of the desire of my heart. And now that I've done it, poor Aaron has got to come up with money because now I've, I'm, I'm all in again. And, so, and my kids are grown up and we can just go. So um, it's going to be hard to try to keep me here because I want to go. I want to go. Um, I'm at a little buddy, Elvin, and I remembered the other night in my bed how to pronounce his brother's name, Carlene. And then he had two sisters. And I want to get back up there. I want to continue the work that we started. I'm like, Kelly, I don't want to go and take pictures with a bunch of little brown faces. I want to do something all day long. I want to do something eternal. And I don't care if there's any pictures taken or we report anything back. I want to see the gospel preached. So I want to get up there. And I want to check in on them. I want to see my little Ashley in the orphanage. And the little guy that you saw a picture of the little guy and myself. Oh, stop it. His, his name is Kevin, and he's actually a preacher, and he knew a ton of word, and he actually wanted to pray for me. He wanted to pray for me. So that was super-duper fun. Um, and also, I fell in love with the church body there. We FaceTime them constantly. We're communicating all the time. We're, we're going to stay connected. We're all one body. We're just in different countries. And also, I fell completely in love with Bruce Binkley all over again. I have always loved him. I have always loved him. We go way back. We have a rich history. And I knew I loved him. I just haven't been in the same vicinity. And I, I've got to fall in love with him all over again. And I'm thankful to have him in my body. Amen. Me too. <laughs> you know? Bella. So I was excited when I, we heard we were going on a missions trip, and it was my first one. I've never gone before. And then I started hearing it was kind of like a little bit, like not as safe. 
kind of. So I got a little nervous. And I was thinking, I was like, I don't know if I want to go. But then I went, and I felt safer there than I felt in my own home. And I loved it there, and I loved going and preaching to everybody and watching everybody's lives get changed. And um, like Cindy said, we um, got two kids to pray in tongues. And it was a boy and a girl, and I just thought, I think it was a boy and a girl for a reason because the girl could go preach um, and tell them about it and the boy could go tell the boys about it and, and I loved it. Thanks, Bella. All right, I'm the best. <laughs> These are my grandbabies. Well, ever since, was it John Smith? John Smith came here. I'd always wanted to go on a mission trip, and so when I heard about Honduras, I knew this was our chance to go, and I never thought that I could really talk in front of people and preach the word, but I was able to do it. And <laughs> it was just really good. <laughs> it was. <laughs> She had the same problem I have. Well, I just want to say thank you to my parents and Edward and Sarah for making it able so that we could go and preach the gospel to everyone. And one of my favorite parts was either going to the orphanage or going to the more impoverished area and preaching the gospel. And the kids, they just they just want so much attention and they just run up to you and grab onto your leg they want to be picked up they want you to hug them the whole time and it's it's so hard to leave because they just want you they don't they don't want you to go and you just get attached to them and every day i have pictures in my locker of them i think of them every single day they're so i there's just so they just need so much love and i will never forget that Our kids did just an unbelievable job. You would have been so proud of these four girls that were, are up here. They shared at the high school, and what they shared was just absolutely unbelievable. And so now, rock. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I want to share a moment that was probably, like, the most beneficial for me. Okay, this is going to be bad. <laughs> okay, so the second day we were there, we went to the orphanage, and as soon as we got there, all the little kids just were running around and playing, and so we went into the nursery first, and we picked up all the little kids, and we're just playing with them and talking to them, and I was holding this little girl, and we went up to the ladies, and we were like, how did they all get here? Like, what is, what's their background? So they kind of told us, and most of them were picked up on the side of the street and didn't have parents anymore. So I don't, I'm not a fan of like crying in front of a bunch of people. So I kind of walked away and just kind of sat by a tree. And I was just kind of thinking, I don't understand why parents would just leave their kids on the side of the road. So then I was like, okay, you're fine. So I went and I played with all the little boys and we played hide and go seek and tag. and. 
Then we went by and kind of sat at a table and we were all coloring. And this little boy, Brian, he kind of stuck with me, he colored his whole drawing and he was like, look, it's so, and I was like, oh, it looks great. So then he was like, oh, I'm gonna go show my mom. And I was like, well, who are you gonna go show? You don't have a mom. But I just kind of watched him and watched what he was gonna do. So then he went over to one of the ladies that works with them every day and is with them. So then he came back and I was like, is that, like, do you consider that your mom? And he's like, yeah, it's my mom. So I guess once I heard that, I realized that even though they were left on the side of the road, it, like, like God brings people into your life to take care of you, even though something horrible happened to you. So that wasn't the plan of God for their lives, but he did provide people to help them get through it. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Huh? <laughs> Hi, my name's Dan, and I'm the head usher here. Hi, Carol. Okay, I've been on a, a lot of trips, a lot of missions trips, but I think this one here was probably the most fulfilling for me. Uh, I got to uh, pray with a few people, and uh, the one that really sticks in my mind is is the boy in the inner city when we were doing our little crusade and we broke off into little groups and this one boy needed a job and so I just prayed for him about God will God God is in the job business he said he will find you a job and so after we got done praying you know I was talking with Kelly Kelly and I were up on this little stage we had, and, and we were thinking about it, and we both turned around. I think this was the Holy Spirit. Both of us turned around and looked, and it's Edward's mom's business that we were standing in front. And we said, we turned around, and we brought the interpreter up, and he says, here, I want you to ask anybody out here if, they can, if they've got a job for this young man. And, of course, he, he said it, and nobody raised their hands. So, you know, we went on our way, and then all of a sudden, uh, this is the Holy Spirit working. Uh, I walked up to Edward's mom and said, with my interpreter, uh, would you have a job? And I called the young man over there, and would you have a job for this young man? So he asked what his name was, and, and he told her, and he goes, oh, your brother works for me. I think we could probably do something. He said, uh, she said, why don't you come next Monday and we'll talk. And I just said, praise God. All right. Um, you know, Bill and Donna worked really hard at getting this going and uh, their daughter and son-in-law just did a tremendous job in taking care of us and watching out for every detail. And so they uh, he did a good job with her. Thank you. Um, I was saved from a riptide. Um, I nearly lost my life out there. And 
um, I've been on a lot of mission trips, but this one impacted me by far more than any of the other ones because of that. And it was due to the efforts of, of five men of valor that uh, some of which sacrificed and, and risked their own lives to come save mine. And, and so it's odd, you know. In one moment, you're in the ocean having fun, jumping through some waves. The next moment, you're out in the riptide and all your energy is gone. And, and uh, just as I look back on it, I think about the communication that was done in those moments and uh, I, I just praise God for these uh, men that came alongside me. And so, um, you know, it, uh, from the moment that I realized I was in trouble, uh, and I said, hey, I think I may need some help out here, um, and uh, help was summoned there. Um, I knew help was on the way, but, you know, w when your body tells you that you don't have any more energy left and uh, you're just out there trying to maintain, um, time seems to fly by. And in those moments I wondered, you know, is this the way it's going to end? I really didn't know. I, I thought perhaps it would end that way. But uh, about that moment, uh, two men left the security of having signed underneath their feet and entered the riptide to be at my side. Uh, two more men went uh, to the shore to get these uh, rescue boards, and, and then uh, the lifeguard that was uh, staffed there at the resort uh, brought his rescue board out. And so, um, and, and then another Honduran man uh, came to help also. And so my thanks goes to, um, and I want to do this uh, intentionally in front of this body because uh, these men deserve a, a great deal uh, of recognition for what they did. My thanks goes to Pastor Dave and to Pastor Bruce for coming alongside me. My thanks goes to uh, Andrew and to Aaron for acting quickly and bringing out uh, additional rescue boards. And then also to the lifeguard who, um, his name is Anheld, he, he is, uh, which translates in English to angel. Uh, he was there quickly too, and um, alongside him was uh, Wendell Nazar, who is um, a nephew of, um, no, that's not right, nephew of Edwards. Yeah. So these men acted with extreme bravery, and, and um, they came and risked their own lives to, to save mine. And it's been a tremendous uh, impacting experience for me. Uh, it's changed my thinking, and I'm sure it will continue to change my thinking in the future. So each one of you, my thanks goes to you. Thank you. Now you gotta understand this lifeguard. He's Honduran. Bruce, stand up. Bill, Bruce, and me. This little Honduran is, I could feel him behind us, pushing us in. He was, he was quite a guy. So, but yes, amen. Andrew, 
Hope yours isn't that serious. Jeez, oh, that's a hard one to follow. <laughs> I typically like to listen to rules, like don't go out and help. Like the lifeguard was yelling at us, but when we saw Bill and all three of them in some struggle, we decided not to listen, I guess. I didn't listen when they told me not to eat the food. Don't go over there, don't eat that food. Justin and I were in there ordering everything we could, eating. Um, I didn't know I was gonna go on a missions trip, never wanted to. Uh, then I was in Colorado listening to my, my cousin go and her story, and I was like, you know what, I think I wanna go. And then within two weeks, they came. First time in 14 years, our church was going on a missions trip. So I said, hey, there's my sign. So I told Donna, said, I don't know if I called her, emailed her or what, said I'm going to be there. And it was a fantastic time. And next year, in two years, I'll bring my whole family. Yeah. And I hope you guys all want to join us because it was, it was amazing. And that's about it. Thank you. It was amazing. First, I want to read a little email from Justin Benson, since he's not here today and was part of our group. He says, I love the mission trip so much. The kids in the village at El Volcan up the bumpy road in the mountains were so glad when we came. And I was happy that I had learned a little bit of Spanish before the trip so I could speak with the people there. I got sick on the trip because he didn't follow directions. But it, but it hardly put a dent in how awesome the trip was. It's like I hardly even remember that part. I loved the worship at Sarah and Edwards Church. It was just as awesome to hear in Spanish as it would have been in English. The Honduran people were so hospitable and I loved getting to help them and share the gospel. So Justin had a great trip too. I think his mom said that he thought it was right up there at the very top of all the trips he's taken and he's traveled like all over the world. So that's awesome. All right, well, I had to make a few notes, too, because I had several things I wanted to say. But um, first of all, I just want to say to all of you, thank you for making our daughter's dream come true, because she has had a vision for years and years and years to host mission teams, and she's gotten to do that. But her ultimate dream was to host a team from ALM, and so it really made her dream come true. And I just want to thank everyone who, um, whether you went as part of the team or you sent someone with your gift of money or you provided supplies and equipment or you prayed for the team, um, everyone was just so completely blessed. And um, Edward and Sarah and Elizabeth, their church, and all the people, the Honduras. So we felt like all of you really played a huge part. And as you could see with the video, you know, all the things that you sent um, were just totally used and they'll continue to be used. So. But what I just want to share, um, as I've been meditating this, this week, is that there's really no greater joy than connecting with someone, knowing that the only thing that you have in common that matters is Jesus. You know, and that happens here, and it happens across the world. Um, because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. The last Sunday that we were in Honduras, um, we heard a tremendous message by Edward about the importance of always being sharp in the spirit. A woman came forward at the end of the service asking to testify. And I recognized her as a lady who I had, that lived near the tortilla factory in a very, very poor neighborhood where we had ministered. And I had seen her at Christmas time during our last visit. I just felt like her face had completely changed and she was just full of life and joy. And because she'd been going to church for the last eight months. 
she testified, she came up with her little children's Bible and she testified how she had had pain in her back that week and she had been reading a story to her children at bedtime in the children's Bible about healing and she did what it said in the story. She said, my back was completely healed. She merely believed God's word and acted on it. After the service, I held her beautiful eight-month-old baby boy and I rejoiced with her. But I left her thinking, you are my friend in Christ. We have Jesus in common and that is all that matters in our lives. We are so different in the natural, but we are so the same in the spirit. I knew that if I lived in Honduras, she would be my friend and I would invest in her life. Jesus breaks down all the walls and he truly is everything that we need. Anybody else? Okay. He knew it was coming, huh? I'd heard that uh, there were some parents that were a little unsure about their kids going on this trip. I just want to assure you that I think they're safe there with the provisions that were provided. So if there is, ever is an opportunity in two years, don't let that be a hindrance of the safety or whatever. I mean, I felt totally safe there the whole time. Yeah, we had these uh, two police officers that were with us all the time. and, and uh, I mean, when we arrived at the airport, they were already there. You know, and I thought that, you know, Edward had hired some off-duty police officers, but uh, no, he had sent a request to the chief or whoever for escorts, so we had two police officers that were assigned by the police department to us for the entire that time that we were there. I mean, if, if only we would have had black SUVs. You know, because we'd be driving down the street, and if it was a four-lane and we needed to switch lanes, they would pull over, and they'd stop the traffic in the other lane so that we could pull over. If we needed to cross over, they would stop both lanes of traffic, and we would cross over in front of them, and, and uh, it, was, it was really cool. I mean, it made you feel like you were important or something, you know. But anyway, but anyway these, and then when we went up to the mountains, they went with us as well. Only they, they didn't take their motorcycle, they rode in the vans with us. And, and it was, was kind of funny, you know, because like when we went to the falls, they went there with us. They wanted, they wanted to get into the pictures with us. And, and uh, I felt like, they felt like they were part of the team and I think everybody felt the same. And, and so it was, just, it was just a neat experience. Hey brother, you wanna share? Okay. Listen, that young man did just a tremendous job while he was there. I was so proud of him. Um, he, he was involved in, in skits, and he, he did the, the skits. He, he was involved in sharing with kids and stuff. He did just a tremendous job while he was there. He, I was really proud of him. And, uh, and I think as a team, we really we, we came together. and was really neat, you know, because the last night that we were there, um, the Hondurans that helped us and so forth, we all met at a restaurant and ate together and, 
you know, I think all total there were probably over 40 people from the Hondurans that participated in the things that took place, and so it was just a, it was just a fantastic um, adventure, and it was an adventure. And so I just want to encourage you when we have another opportunity to go, we're talking in two years, don't know if we can wait that long, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, just, just set aside all of the reservations because I think a lot of times we have this idea, well, I really don't have, I don't have anything, <coughs> excuse me, to offer. Yes, you do. Um, it, it may be in service, maybe you're not going to be one <clears throat> to get up in front of everybody and share. There, there's other things that need to be done. Um, as you saw in the video, with the playground equipment, with the bathrooms, with, um, you know, uh, all the other things that took place, um, there, were, there was not just a speaking part of it, but there was a lot of other things that were done as well. And uh, as a pastor, uh, as a father, as a grandfather, should have never said that. Um, I was extremely proud and thrilled. And so, uh, and as a congregation, you ought to be extremely uh, proud of parts of your body that went over there and what they were able to accomplish. So, um, just a reminder, we're going to be meeting out in the Redemption Center for, um, for lunch. Uh, so make sure you come out and, and others will have more stories to share while we're out there. Uh, if I can have uh, the kids come up because we didn't get a chance to. Um, you weren't planning to dedicate today, were you? You weren't planning on dedicating today, were you? Okay. If I could have the kids come on up. Uh, we, we didn't pray for them before they went to school. I don't think you did last week, did you? So if we can have all the, the, the kids come up here and teachers come up here. Big kids up here. Big kids up here. I'll keep you. Teachers, 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 any teachers? Right? Got all, isn't this cool? It's crowded. Okay, everybody stand this way and extend your faith this way. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for these young people. We thank you for the blessing that they are to us. We thank you, Father, that they uh, find favor with those in authority over them. We thank you, Father, that they have uh, the mind of Christ, that they learn and they retain the things that they learn. We thank you, Father, that they're blessed in every area of their life as they go in, as they go out, in everything that they do. And so, Father, we as a people, we as a body, we just speak a blessing over these young people. And we declare that this year will be a wonderful year for them, that they will learn, they will grow, and that they will prosper in every area of their lives. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
And so, as you go, go in his peace, go in his strength, go in his love, go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a hug, let them know you love them.